I hope you're doing well. Um, so I'm going to read this verse. First, first, you know, most people in this room, or a lot of you probably don't remember this, but back in the 80s, 1980s, uh, answering machines came into being. Y'all, some of us remember that. And it was, it was a little bit awkward back then. I know a lot of the younger people were like, why would that be awkward? You know, you're so used to voicemail and texting and all the other cool things of communicating. But at first, it was really awkward to talk into a machine. I don't know if you remember that. It was for me. Like, talking into a machine, it just felt weird, you know. And... But, you know, we got used to it, and literally back in those days, just in case you didn't know it, they were little cassettes, little small cassettes that they actually used, to, and they could get filled up, you, had, you know, if you didn't erase your messages. That's crazy, and things have come a long ways. And, but I think, you know, today we're used to it, unless you have an issue with like a bank or something, and you call them, and you get these machines... Right. Suddenly, you are no longer caring about talking to a machine. Right. You want to talk to a human being? Like, give me the prompt to get a person. I don't want to. I don't want to do this long, drawn-out thing. I hate that insurance company. But so that's really what I wanted to talk to you a little bit this morning about is is prayer. And I know there's probably been nine billion messages on prayer, uh, and this is going to be nine billion one. How about that? But, um, you know, for me, it's been a challenge in my life at times to have a conversation with somebody who's invisible. Right? I mean, nobody wants to talk to the wall. You know, and so we're talking to this God that we can't see with our human eyes and our human ears. We can't hear Him. And... Yet, that's one of the ways that we have a relationship with people is through talking and communication. It's how we get to know each other is us talking to them and them talking to us. And so, you know, it's kind of like the answer machine thing. It can be awkward at times to talk to God and, and have this relationship with Him. So, also, if we're going to really be the people, the people that God wants us to be, a lot of it just starts with prayer, right? You know, most people got saved because they prayed a prayer, right? <laughs> I mean, you said something to God telling him that you wanted him to, to do something for you. And so when we have a, a need or we have a desire that we want from the Lord, we, we talk to him about it. And so that, that's why prayer is such an amazing and powerful thing in the Bible, I love this uh, in Luke 11. You know, there's two, at least two Lord's, what we call the Lord's Prayer in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever thought about that much. There's one in Matthew, which is the most popular one because it was part of Jesus' message on, uh, you know, his, the, the Sermon on the Mount where he gave this whole amazing, wow message that's still wow to this day to me, the, the you know, the Beatitudes and... I mean, just everything that was in that message is just a lifetime of unpacking. And, and, and part of that message was, was how to pray. That he wanted people to know how to, 
to access the kingdom of God, how to access the heart of God. He wanted people to know that. But then in Luke, though, Luke didn't start that way. Luke started somebody saw Jesus praying. They saw him praying. They heard him praying. And they realized that his prayers were different than what they had normally saw and experienced, probably experienced themselves. You know, they saw the, the religious people pray. They saw, you know, and they probably had many prayers themselves. But when they saw his prayer, it set off something in them. You know, like any of us, if we saw Jesus pray today, we would be like, I want to be able to pray that way. You ever heard of somebody praying like, I wish I could pray like that? Well, that was the ultimate prayer. And so it says in Luke 11, 1 through 4, it says, It came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And so I believe, the, you know, what that tells me is, is the, probably the thing that we had to know about prayer is the presence of the Lord. Because I believe when Jesus prayed, the presence of God was evident. Jesus wasn't just praying to the wall. Jesus knew that God was hearing him. He knew that there was that God was there and that he was hearing what he was saying. And, and there was an engagement that was happening. That's what made his prayer different. It was an engagement with heaven that was happening. And that's why that disciple, he wanted to be able to engage heaven like that. He wanted to be able to engage God like that. And so that's the, the, I think that's the first thing, and I think that's the problem with lots of us because lots of times we do feel like back in the 80s talking to an answering machine. You know, it, it doesn't always feel like we... And, and there's no point in praying if we don't believe that we're talking to a person. Nobody wants to talk to the wall. Nobody wants just to sit around and, and, and say stuff and we don't believe we're being heard and we don't believe we're being engaged. And so lots of times we don't pray because of that, because we feel, we feel dead. We feel, we feel like God's not hearing us. Or maybe, I, am I talking to anybody? I feel like I'm not talking to nobody. I feel like y'all got it all together. You know, when you pray every day, heaven is coming down. It's kind of like in the worship this morning. God, man, the Lord was in here. That's the way your prayers are. Mine are not like that. Mine are like, you know, when you show up at church and what happened to Jesus? <laughs> Is this a rock? Something happened today. Where was the Lord today? You know, you, I don't want those kinds of days. You know what I'm saying? Let me read this verse here. Uh, about This is such a vital verse in the Bible. It's, it's Hebrews 11, 6. It says, it's impossible to, to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists. See, Jesus knew God exists. There was no question that God was there and that God was hearing his prayers. And that's really like the first thing we've got to see. And that's why the presence of the Lord is such a, a big factor in our lives. Because it, it gives us, it causes our faith to rise. It causes us to know that, there, that God does exist. And that God is real. And that God really does want to engage with all of us on a personal level. And no matter what, you, what your situation is in life, no matter how big or little, God's interested in it. I was telling Becky this morning, you know, here's a great prayer. Help. You know, and, I've, and this is what I tell the Lord a lot when I'm having my stumbling moments. Lord, I didn't come up with a plan that you would be called the helper. Right? 
right? He's called himself. He says, I'm going to send you the helper. So you're the helper. Help. And I believe the Lord is attracted to that. I believe he is attracted when we cry out to him for help. I mean, that's just the truth because he's the helper. He hears that. It draws him into where we're at. He draw, it draws him into our situation. And I just believe that we really have to be people who, you know, become those kinds of people who really, um, you know, relate to God through faith. Faith is not always feelings right, you know. But we have to believe that there is a, a true creator. There's a God before we ever are going to be able to really connect with him. If we don't believe that, we're not, we're not going to be able to connect with him. And so I think for, for believers, we really do have to cultivate a, a lifestyle of the presence of the Lord. That's why the presence of the Lord is important. That's why, you know, worship's important. And, you know, it's always for the Lord, right? Being, worshiping God and praising God and being thankful is always for the Lord, right? It's always for Him. It's because He deserves it. And, you know, but the truth is, is God doesn't, God is rich. He's, he's, he, when we worship him, we praise him. He don't want to just sit back and, and, and just be alone and just receive all that. He wants us to have something. It, there's just overflow in his heart that when we begin to really live a thankful life and relive, live a life of worship, that he does bless us with his presence. That's why the Bible says, you know, God inhabits the praises of his people. God's enthroned upon his, the praises of his people. In other words, God wants to make himself aware. He, he, that's, that's why the church does what we do. That's why we worship him, because he deserves it, but also because we need his presence to know he's real. That's why a lot of people have this thing in their life where they begin to, you know, Jacob was saying it, we're not going to be doubtful. We're not going to doubt. We're not going to, what do they call that thing that people do? It's a new thing that people are doing. A new name for something. Huh? You know, with their faith. They do what to their faith? Deconstruct their faith. Well, you know what that really is? We call it backsliding. I mean, that's really the truth. That's what we used to do. We didn't give a name to it. We just we're backsliding. We ain't doing good. We ain't, uh, we ain't doing good with the God deal. So we're sort of backsliding here. You know, now they call it, they put a good name on it to make it sound good. They developed this great theology around it. You know, where we just did it. You know, and somehow God would always go and rescue you backslider. You know, it's really true though. Yeah. And Lord, help us, right? Help us when we feel that backsliding thing in us. Help us when we begin to question your integrity. And, and that's, but I do believe, you know, if we're going to be people that pray and really have effective prayers, because I don't want to just pray. I want, to, I want my prayers to make a difference, is that we have to really be a people of, of the presence of the Lord, knowing that God is there, knowing that God's hearing us, and knowing that God wants to involve himself in, in our life. And that's what I believe the, the people saw, that when, when Jesus was praying, they knew that God was involved in Jesus' life, and they wanted him involved in their life. And then he, of course, are y'all good? Y'all ain't, y'all ain't acting like it. Yeah, come on. And so he, so he said to them in verse 2 of, of Luke 11, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. This is great, isn't it? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we, we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Oh, isn't that really a, a beautiful prayer? Um, so that was the first thing he wanted to do. It was has to do with the, uh, it's not just knowing God's there, but how God relates to us, right? Our Father. Yeah. The first thing is knowing that God's there, but the second thing, how does God really relate to us? He relates to us as a Father. And, you know, um, so when we talk to God, when we pray to God, who, who are we praying to? You know, who really, how do you view, view God? See, this is, that was really what Jesus was saying. He, he really was going after how people saw God. Because people didn't see God very well in his time as they don't now. And so he really wants us to really, it's not just that we had to believe he's there. We had, how do we relate to this person who's there? You know, because I can have, you know, we always have these different relationships with different people. Some we're very close to. We have a very, a, a closer communication. We share things more openly. We're, we can ask them to do things for us. But there's other people that we may know, but we won't share everything with. And we may not ask them to do things for us, or we may not even, or them asking us, we may not want to do, do it. So, so you see this thing about not, not only is God there, is how do you relate to God? Seriously, how do we relate to God? And that was really the gist of Becky's message last week, is knowing God as our Father. Having a revelation of His, of his fatherhood so that we can relate to Him as a child of God and receive the things from him. It's such a, a vital thing because after all, we're asking God to do some things for we're asking him to release his kingdom to us. It's his kingdom. You know, so we kind of need to know the guy who's over the thing that we want. Right? If you know the guy who's over something, have you ever been in a situation where you know you had a need, maybe uh and it, there was people involved that could give you your need, but you knew the main person who could meet your need. You, you get what I'm saying? So you could go around all the red tape and get to the main guy, and he would make it happen for you. Anybody ever had that? You know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's really the truth. Well, that's what this is about. It's about knowing this person that we can, we can go around everything and get to the person who can give us what we need. That's what Jesus was saying. You've got you to gotta come into this revelation of God as a father who owns everything, who has everything, and the thing that you need, he can give it to you. I mean, this is pretty amazing to me, but I don't think it's really amazing to y'all yet. And then the next thing he says, actually, there's seven requests in this, okay? Prayer, by the way. A lot of people have never really sat down and thought about this. Actually, seven requests that are made. The first three have to do with God himself. The last three have to do, or last four have to do with us, okay? And this is really cool, hallowed be your name. You ever thought about hallowed be your name? You ever thought about that word hallowed? It sounds kind of amazing, doesn't it? Like, that's a serious word, you know, that's an amazing word. But for years, I, didn't, I had no clue what it meant. I knew it meant something important, right? Important is your name. 
you know, or, 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 or this name you don't want to mess with. This is hallowed ground, you know. But really what it is, when that same word is translated in the New Testament, it's holy is your name. This is interesting because uh, why would we need to tell God his name is holy? I mean, really, this is, this is worship, Okay, first and foremost, that we're, we're honoring God for who he is. We're saying, you're holy, Lord. You're set apart, Lord. There's nothing like you, Lord. There's nothing like your name. Your name is the greatest. That's how it begins, but it doesn't end there because it, it not only is worship, it also shifts into a petition. Now, this is important. This is the, the, the thing that I want us really to get. It it's, could be said like this. Let it be known, Father, who you are. That's what hallowed me. Let it be known who you are. See, there you're shifting into a petition that you want the Father to reveal to you and whoever else who he is. That's powerful. You know, it's really powerful. So it's, it's a petition. Let your love, let your mighty power, let your goodness be revealed. Isn't that power? Lord, let your, hallowed be your name. Let your love come. Let your love be revealed to the world, Lord. Let your love be, let your power be revealed to the, to the world. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing, y'all. The way, and we've talked about this a few times, but we, how we perceive God affects everything. That's why Jesus wanted, that's why this is all in there. How we perceive God affects how you perceive everything. How you look at God affects how you look at yourself. It affects how you look at your spouse. It affects how you treat your children. It affects how you work, how you live. Everything, everything. Are y'all, are y'all engaged on this, okay? So here they are saying, Lord, we want you to reveal yourself as you are. So all the bad concepts we have about you can be moved out of our life. All the bad thoughts we have, all the thoughts that have been put into us or that, that we've picked up along the way, we want you to reveal yourself for who you really are and how you really are because that will be a big changer in our life. So I wanted to tell you this. Um, you know, in <clears throat> Matthew... Uh, chapter 24 and 25 um, is like two really important chapters in the Bible because if you read them, it's Jesus is giving, it's really prophetic. It's Jesus is prophesying what's going to happen in the future. That's, that's what Matthew 24 and 25 are all about. Jesus begins to talk about what the, how the future is going to go. He starts with Jerusalem. This is what's going to happen to Jerusalem. He tells exactly what's going to happen to Jerusalem. This is what's going to happen to Israel. This is what's going to happen in the world in the end times. This is how people are going to be. He said false prophets are going to arise in the end times. We were, Becky and I were talking about false prophets this morning. We thought, well, that's already happened. Okay, false prophets happen. The first thought may come to your mind, the people who prophesied that Trump was going to be president those are not the false prophets that jesus was talking about they may have not been false prophets for all we know the false prophets that have risen in our nation is the media that's the false prophets. that's the poisonous media that has poisoned the minds of humanity years ago bob jones this was back in the 80s prophesied this there's a mighty prophet going to rise up in the last days 
a mighty prophet. It's going to have a great sway over our nation. And he says, it's the media. I mean, that was way. And so we see this is coming to pass today. Jesus said many things in those two chapters. Those chapters were really important for believers. And uh, you know how they, they're, they're, and there's four, there's four uh, parables in those chapters. Okay? There's actually four parables. One is called the parable of the, of the, fate, the wise and I think it's the wise and faithful servants. That's the first one. It talks about serving the Lord. It's talking about having a servant's heart. And, and who's the servant who will, I will find doing the master's will when he returns? It talks about people who take advantage of other people and who are abusive. That's one of the things that Jesus brings up in this parable that's going to happen in the last days. And then the next parable, are y'all following this? The next parable, the reason I'm telling you about these parables is they're really important. They're, they're end time parables. Is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. The wise and foolish. That's, that's about relationship. That's about our relationship with the Lord. Is that we can have this relationship with the Lord. We can be wise in our relationship and cultivate this relationship and have the oil of the presence of the Lord flowing in our life. Or we can be living on other people's oil. We can be living on a little bit that we gathered here and there, but not really have tapped into our own thing with the Lord. Y'all got that? That's kind of important. Then the third one is the parable of the talents. You know, Jesus had three servants, and he gave five talents to one, two to, to, to another, and one to the third one. And, and, and that's what I wanted to point out in this thing about our perception of God. But the last parable is is what pulls it all together. The last parable, this is how Jesus starts it. When the Son of Man returns in all his glory with his holy angels, he is going to judge. Okay, he's going to judge. That's what he said. I'm going to judge nations, sheep nations, goat nations. And this is how he said, this is, this is so amazing. This is how this thing's going to work. Those who fed me, those who clothed me, those who visited me when I was sick, those who went, went visited me when I was in prison. That's the judgment God's going to use. If it, it, that's kind of, kind of serious, isn't it? In other words, that's what he was saying. That's my, my standard when I return. I'm looking for the people who did that to me. And, of course, when did we do it to you is what they said. Well, if you've done it to the least of my brothers, you've done it to me. And so those, those are important. And it is not that those things get us into heaven, right? Those are signs of a person who's truly following him. If we're true followers of Christ, those things will become a part of our life. That's, that's what he was saying. It's kind of serious, isn't it? Y'all looking awful serious at me. Y'all relax. But I did want to read this one thing about how we perceive God, okay? Is this making sense? How we perceive God, this is about the one-talent guy, okay, in that parable of the talents. So this master gives all these guys talents. He comes, after a long time, he comes back. The guy with five talents like, hey, look, I done made five more. You got ten talents now, doubled it. Same, and so he's like, well done. You know, here, here's ten cities. Be over. I'm putting you over stuff. 
uh, did God with two. Well, awesome. Here's four. Wow. You got four cities. The guy with one. Now, this is where I want y'all to get this, okay? If you don't get anything else, get this. This is what it says in verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you. Listen, we're talking about his perception. I knew you were a hard dude. You're hard to get along with. You're demanding. You're requiring. That was his view of his master. See, Jesus was wanting us to see this about how we see God and how it just totally can destroy our lives. It can wreck our lives. You're a hard man. You have, you've reaped where you have not sown. You've gathered where you have not scattered seed. And listen to this. And I was afraid. But his wrong view of God... His wrong view of his master led, caused fear to come into his life. It opened the door for fear, shut out the faith to invest, to do what was right with it, and allow, see, fear, when we have fear, we're going to make bad choices. But his fear began because of the way he saw his master. He saw his master as hard and demanding and requiring. And it led him to make a bad choice. And this is, he said, I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And so when we have this wrong view of God, it's going to cause us to make some bad decisions and bad choices in our life. It's going to cause us to do things that we we wouldn't do normally. Because there was no faith operating in this man's life. There was fear operating. He was being, being driven, driven by fear. And I think, you know, as we're in, I believe, in these end time work days, you know, it's just vital for us to really, you know, know the Lord as he really is. And, and hallowed be your name. Lord, reveal who you are to us. We, if we think we have a good, full revelation of who He is, we, we have a partial revelation. We have a little bit. There's things that we believe about God that's not true. There's, and it's holding us back. We wonder why we have, don't have the power and the miracles that we're so desiring. It's, it's because we're seeing something wrong. We have this view of God that's messing us up. We wonder why we have relational problems. We wonder why there's division and strife in the church like never before. It's not just because what people have having different opinions is because people are not seeing him the way they need to see him. And God wants, to, and I think we can say, hallowed be your name, Lord, reveal your name. Get, help us to get rid of these concepts about you, these thoughts about you that are destroying us, that are absolutely destroying us. The, his, this man's destiny was perverted. It was pushed off. He got nothing from it. He got nothing from what he did. Nothing. And he could have had something because that was the whole point. You can have something. Oh, you know, how about this? I'm fixing the end here, by the way. Let me finish with this, okay? I didn't get really far with this, but origin determines destination. Origin, right? It's a good old Watchman Nee. Anybody know about who Watchman Nee is? Who, who, who knows about watching me? Raise your hand. Well, y'all, you're missing something. <laughs> Get to watch my knee. Origin determines destination. This is important. Origin determines destination. 
this guy's origin was grounded in a wrong view of God, and it led him to the wrong place. Uh, Jesus said in John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Those two things, are, there's a huge difference. This is what Jesus said in Matthew fifteen thirteen: Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. There's a lot in our world that's going to be uprooted. And I wonder sometimes if all the stuff that we've been through and that we're going through, really, and we've been fighting it tooth and nail to try to turn it, is perhaps God is in the process of uprooting some things. Perhaps he's wanting to uproot some things that were not planted by the Heavenly Father. And that's what happened to this one talent guy is he planted his talent. He buried it in the ground, that's what he said. And see, God really, y'all looking at me badly. <laughs> I mean, really badly. I just think we're, we're in a time, you know, where I do think God is uprooting some things, y'all. I really do. I think we need to stop fighting. You know, I think we need to stop fighting for what we think is right. And really ask the Lord to help us. If the Lord comes to you in your life and there's something you feel like God is not no longer blessing and you feel like he might be going away, you might need to just say, well, if you didn't plant it in the first place or if it's season is over, we need to let it go. You know, because origin determines destination. Because whatever's happening in your life is going to determine where you're headed in life. So I, I wonder if we're not in like one of a critical moment in life where God really wants to eliminate some things so he can, you know, the Bible says God takes away to establish, that he can, he can establish some, some things. Amen? So, yeah, I, well, I kind of hope it is for me personally. I, I need God to do something in my life uh, more than I've experienced in the past. That's how I feel about my life, you know. And I want to really encourage you. Jacob was saying, what else was he saying about, let's go to a higher level in the Lord? Yeah, and I feel like we just, there is a higher level available for us. And I don't want to accept, um, I don't want to accept where I'm at now. I'm thankful for for what the Lord's done in my life. And in a lot of ways, I'm very content in the Lord. But there's something else in me that's not content. There's a desire in me because I feel like God has more for us. I think God has more for this church. I think the saddest thing that ever happened to, to this church or any local church or ministry is for us just to go back in our minds. Let's just get back the way it was before everything happened. And then we'll be happy again. And I think that would be a tragedy for us. I think God wants to bring us into something, something greater and something better than we've ever experienced because I think that's what the world needs. And this is what I think it is. I think it is your kingdom come.
your will be done. And I think that's an amazing prayer that we could all pray in our lives right now and over our situations and over our family. Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. I think if we pray that, that invites the Lord to come in. So let's just stand up and I'm going to pray that over you. If you want it, who wants that? Yeah, Lord, help. Mm -hmm. Father, thank you this morning for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the power, Lord. Thank you for all those kids that were up here, Lord. What a beautiful, beautiful expression of the body of Christ. These younger, younger men and women that are going to be raised up. Lord, we pray for them. Lord, I just believe the devil wants them. But I felt this morning while in worship that we were, I don't know what everybody else was saying, but I was saying, take that, devil. And I I was doing some punching, punching the devil in his mouth. The devil has been defeated. We have declared that, and we need to punch him. We need to quit letting him run over us, and we need to quit letting him steal from us. That's what we have to do. We, gotta, we can't accept status quo. If you accept status quo, you're, ex- you're allowing the devil to take advantage of you. You're allowing him to steal your future. You, if you're worried about your kids, let me say this today. If you're worried about your children, please, please don't adjust your beliefs about the Holy Spirit and about God to fit a belief that they may be receiving that's not the Lord. Do you hear what I'm saying? I went through stuff with my kids where they were real backslidden. Did I change my heart for the Lord to make them happy, to accommodate them, to have a relationship with them? No. I don't, you don't have to do that. You can love them. You can embrace them even in their worst moments. But you don't have to agree with them when they're in error. We need to, if error is error, error is error, truth is truth, Error is an, an origin, and it will lead you to a destination. Truth is an origin, and it will lead you to a destination. And so I want to encourage us today about compromise and about allowing things. Look, uh, we're going to buy into this piece here. You know, Jesus said a little leaven. What he said, a little leaven ruined the thing. And so I want to encourage you, you and I to, I'm saying this to myself. It's where have I allowed things into my life? A little half truth, a little compromise here to keep a friendship. Right? Oh, let's don't talk about that in church because it may offend somebody. Let's don't tell the truth. It may offend somebody. You hear, what, you hear what I'm saying? There's a way to tell the truth. We don't have to butcher people with it. Obviously, I don't want to do that. I want to love people with it. I want to give love in everything you do. So I believe the Lord really wants to do something for us. And I believe in... Okay, here's another thing, y'all. If you didn't do well in the last year and a half... If you, if you haven't done well, in other words, if you have got sucked in to a political mindset or angry mindset or a divisive mindset, if you got sucked into that, you can get out of it. Don't stay in it. 
God wants, you, you see, the way we handle things important to God. You hear what I'm saying? He wants to release us from things that hold us back. You know, He really does. He wants to release us. He wants to free us for what He has. And I just think that's kind of the important thing. Well, here's the angel. <laughs> Well, that release us from what holds us back. I just, this, I'm just starting to feel sick back there. Just feeling like the Lord wants to give us something. I had a woman this week, um, just at work, you know, work in the hospital with people that are dying of heart failure and she's younger than me. And she asked if I would come to her funeral and she started to ask me about my hope and, um, she just said she didn't believe, and she had lots of reasons why she didn't. But what I went to in worship was I saw the Lord taking bedsheet out of my bullet wound, which is something that really happened. And if you know my story, you know, I woke up with a man at the foot of our bed opening fire on us, my husband, our little baby in the bed, and I sort of had forgotten this part about when I was in the hospital, they were pulling bedsheet out of my wound. And I shared my testimony with this lady. And, you know, I saw the Lord give her a hope that doesn't come from going to church or anything else. And I said to her, I said, you know, forget everything. I said, I experienced the Lord showing up for me when I called his name. I said, just call his name. Just call his name. That was like the gospel message. It was so simple. I went and walking her through anything. She's broken. She's facing death. And I just, this whole message when he's saying prayer is real simple. This call his name. He wants to remove things that keep us, you know. And I've prayed and asked the Lord to let me be in a place where people need hope the most. And I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing a harvest of that. So I just want to just encourage you. You know, I don't know what he wants to remove from you today. What's keeping you back from sharing this hope that's inside of us. It's so beautiful and so powerful. And when I'm thinking about a lady that's facing death, there are people around us. They might, might not be dying of some heart disease or something they're born with. But people need to know that you can call his name. And I just, I can't, I couldn't not share that. Yeah, it's powerful. So he wants to remove those things. So Lord, right now I ask, God, that you remove from us anything in our wounds that's holding you back. Lord, that we won't feel that we um, aren't able to give away what we have. Lord, we have a hope inside of us, Lord. We have a power inside of us that we get to give away is what this world really needs, Lord. They need to know you. Lord, I pray that every person in this space today will be able to, to share with someone, to call your name, Lord, to call the name of Jesus, Lord. You are answering. You want to help those who are hurting. You want to clothe those who are naked. You want to be able to let us visit those who need help, Lord. Thank you for that today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Woo, that was good now. You can't argue with that, can you? <laughs> um, we're going to, if you want prayer, we have a ministry team here. Um, 
because some people come up off the ministry team uh, if you would like someone to pray with you and to bless you and yeah if you're sick come up and we're going to pray and uh, ask the power of God to come and heal you or power of God to come and deliver you because the truth is we can't get free of any of this stuff if he don't show up right I believe he's showing up so come up and get prayer and God bless you and thank you for coming and make sure you keep the Camp Morley people all in lots of prayer this week amen thank you bye bye